Do you uh, talk with Leaf fans at all? I happen to know many of them because I live in Ottawa. <laughs> I was just like minding my own business in my office this week and a colleague of mine comes in and just goes, so how are you feeling about picking up my trash? <laughs> <laughs> Most Leafs fans were just asking me about Lindbergh and whether or not yeah. he was any good. And I said, yeah, he's pretty good. He'll be a, uh, he'll definitely be a contributor to the team in a couple of years, if not next year. So to their credit, that was more, they, they are not asking about, can Jared Cowan turn it around? Even they know the answer to that. <laughs> in red Remember Todd White Where did Eric Carlson eat last night It doesn't matter if you ask It's the Jet and Luke Podcast Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Crab Chuck of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man with the untradeable contract. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. How are you doing, man? Uh, Love I'm, the show. I'm, I'm great. Yeah, me too. Aren't we great? <laughs> so episode Kravchuk, is there a rule that you can't pick a number 29 from a different team? Did you have someone in mind? Uh... Yeah, Jared Cowan, I think. <laughs> what? Number 29 for the Maple Leafs, number two in your hearts. Earlier this, this week, we were kind of like, ah, should we bother with a podcast? I don't know if we have anything to talk about, really. And then like 30 seconds later, Jared Cowan and Colin Greening and Milan McCulloch and Tobias Lindbergh were traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Dion Phaneuf and some guys with question marks for faces. Three untradeable contracts and Tobias Lindbergh. Excellent uh, debt consolidation by the Senators. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? What, so, a, what a blockbuster. Leave it to Brian Murray. He is not afraid of making the hockey trade. I mean, I've said this before, but like Brian Murray has only two settings, which is I don't make trades or this will affect the team for years. Yeah. I think that's right. He's done with his uh, second round pick for Mike Commodore phase of his career. He's he's all about bold moves. Yeah, he's kind of like late period Eagles on tour. <laughs> just the hits. So, and I say this as someone who uh, has always hated Dion Phaneuf uh, for everything he stands for uh, as a Toronto Maple Leaf and as someone with an extremely punchable face who's been overrated for years and years and years. Like, I was watching his day debut Wednesday night against Detroit and the Sportsnet guys kept referring to him by his first name as Dion. Like it's a close personal relationship. Whereas I don't think any um, Ottawa player that the, uh, that Kiprios or McLean or any of those guys would refer to by their first name, but it was Dion this and Dion that. And I was like, wow, that's what, that's what you get when you play for the Leafs for, for several years. I've never liked Dion Phaneuf, but now I'm very glad he's on my team. So you've switched on this very quickly then. The team is better now, right? And they traded $11 million worth of guys, none of whom were playing for the Senators the night before, for a guy who, you know, will actually fill a hole uh, on the defense. It was a pretty miraculous move by Brian Murray to dump Cowan and Greening and get a useful player back. Can we just give it up for the Brian on that one? Like, nobody actually thought that those guys were tradable, let alone tradable in the same deal, let alone tradable in the same deal for a part that's actually useful, that actually fills the number one hole the Senators have. That is just wild. How did he do that? <laughs> the team is better now. Yeah, it's 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 exactly the same logic as the Bobby 
Bobby Ryan deal, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, as time passes, is also beginning to look like a deal for a bunch of players that aren't really going to amount to a hell of a lot for a guy who probably makes a little too much money. But when you're bringing somebody in via trade that actually has an established track record, you do have to overpay a little. So I think he's as good a choice as any. I think if you're the sort of person who would have rather traded for a Kevin Shattenkirk or traded for like a Cam Fowler, I think that's fair. But let's see who try to trade Colin Greening and Jared Cowan for either of those guys. <laughs> like, I figured that when the Senators did trade for that guy, it was going to cost Mike Hoffman. Yeah, everyone did. Right. So I'm I'm very glad that all it really cost was, you know, a bunch of basically dead cap space. And kudos to the Leafs. I mean, they the one advantage they have is they can basically just shelve these guys and burn all this money. And I don't think there's any doubt that both of those guys are getting bought out at the end of the year. They're playing Colin Greening on the second line and power play right now. <laughs> I'm like, this is just shameless tanking. Trading, yeah, trading for and then playing Colin Greening is basically shameless tanking. And I know that Babcock was saying, oh, well, we've got, you know, the benefit of medical science here in Toronto and we're going to work out Jared Cowan's <laughs> tight hips and get him playing and turn him into the 6'5 stud we all know he can be. But let's be honest. I mean, that's that guy's 650 grand a cap space bonus, whatever that they get if they buy him out. And he will be in Switzerland next year. Jared Cowan's that guy who's broke, but he's got a good life insurance contract. <laughs> so he's worth more dead than alive. Jared Cowan reminds me of my dog in that they both have tight hips and neither is going to contribute to the Leafs this year. Oh, man. How great has it been watching the Leafs media trying to talk themselves into the idea of Jared Cowan, though? <laughs> well, he's 6'5". Have you seen him? <laughs> he's huge. He didn't take on a low number. Like, he didn't take uh, Dion Phaneuf's number three. They gave him 29. The legendary number 29. Yeah, they might as well just give him the pound sign for a number <laughs> rather than give him a low number. I don't think he's going to be around for very long. And I can see Jared Cowan I mean, not catching on next year, uh, retiring with $12 million in the bank, and starting an extremely ineffective junior hockey skills camp <laughs> <laughs> that parents pay a lot of money for once. But I mean, the thing with Jared Cowan, and I do love that this is, you know, started as the Dion Phaneuf trade, and we spent 10 minutes now immediately talking about Jared Cowan. And I suspect that even when he's no longer on the team, we'll still be talking about Jared Cowan on every nah, single podcast. This, I think this is going to be the last chance we get to talk, talk about Jared Cowan, and I want to make sure we leave it all out there on the ice. <laughs> you don't think don't we're going to be... I don't want to come away with, I don't want to come away with this podcast feeling like I've still got things to say about Jared Cowan. <laughs> well, Jared Cowan, I hope at some point your butt starts uh cashing those checks uh because it hasn't so far hey man don't sleep on medical science (laughs) i'm i'm glad that colin greening is back in the nhl even if it's just to help the leafs get austin matthews like he's a good dude and i don't think he you know should be faulted for taking the money that tim murray was waving in front of him colin greening to me is going to be somebody that that ends up making a mark in business or politics and everyone will completely forget that he was ever a hockey player so like the opposite of ken dryden yeah exactly so let's get back to the man of the hour here. Milan McCulloch? Oh, yeah, that guy. I'm going to miss him, too. Yeah, I liked Milan McCulloch. And I thought your take on Twitter was a good one, which is that he, you know, whatever you might think about his play, he was always a professional. He accepted a downgrade in his role and never complained and kind of did everything the team asked of him, right up to waiving his no trade clause to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, you can't fault the guy for that. 
I wonder how that conversation goes down. Like, pre- because presumably that no trade clause gets negotiated into your contract. So what's like, how, how do you, how, if you're Brian Murray, how do you approach a guy and be like, yeah, you know, that thing we gave you having to be talked into it is kind of hilarious. Uh, but at the end of the day, him agreeing to waive his no trade clause is kind of like Bruce Willis on the asteroid at the end of Armageddon, making one last sacrifice to, uh, save the people that he loves. So I'm, uh, proud of Milan McCulloch for that. I, I wish Yo. him the best of luck in Toronto. We need uh, Aerosmith to write a song about Milan McCauley. <laughs> I think that is a perfect marriage of artist and subject matter. Yeah. I remember on a previous podcast that we had predicted that as soon as Milan McCauley was out of the picture, and I think we had thought it was going to be when he left in free agency two years ago, which ultimately didn't happen, that there was no point in buying a Bobby Ryan six jersey because he was going to change it back to nine as soon as Milan McCauley was gone. And I think the day the Finuf trade was announced and Milan McCulloch was gone, Bobby Ryan said, yeah, next year I'm going back to the yeah. nine. <laughs> I'm taking back what is rightfully mine. Even though I never, ch- I, even though I've been marketing this Bobby Ryan six thing on my hat and my truck and stuff, I've never, uh, I've never changed my Twitter handle. That was really what told me he was still uh, lusting after the number nine. Yeah. You know, kudos to Bobby Ryan for not strong arming Milan McCulloch on day one with that. Look at uh, Dion Phaneuf doing the same thing. He's like, look, my number's three, but Mark Mathot's got that, so I'll just take this one that just suddenly became available. Yeah, yeah number two. He's he's already he's already sort of starting to exercise the demons from that number, right? And bringing it back to the proud tradition of Senators defensemen that have worn number two, like uh, uh, Lance Pitlick. I'm I'm excited to have Dion Phaneuf on the team, if for no other reason than the partner with CC thing was sort of becoming the new winger for Spezza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true, actually. <laughs> you know, so now, thankfully, we finally settled the partner for CC thing, which means we can now trade CC for Jonathan Drouin. There has been a decided split between Sens fans on Twitter. Some people have been very forgiving of Dion Phaneuf, and they're like, well, this guy plays on my team now. I will learn to love him. And others are just not having any of it. They're like, <laughs> I would do anything for the Senators, but I will not cheer on Dion Phaneuf. Look, he... Why I would mean, you do this to me? I made fun of him to no end when he played for Toronto, because there's a lot about the guy you can make fun of. I'm still happy to make fun of him as a senator, if he's, you know, going to be kind of a grumpy weirdo. But he can also play hockey to a degree of skill higher than what we were currently seeing from Jared Cowan or most of the Senators defense. So mm-hmm. I will also accept the fact that he is improving the team. And if I can tease him along the way, then so much the better. I think it's definitely going to be the kind of move that even if it doesn't pay off this year in terms of making the playoffs, I think at least for the next two or three, I think he'll be a uh, he'll be a good contributor. But tell you, if he's uh, making Eric Carlson money, that means Eric Carlson's not making enough money <laughs> and that's going to be the next shoe to drop i think that's the consensus at the moment yeah is eric carlson probably a little underpaid for what he brings to the table <laughs> like i think the only way they're going to make this work is if they give him an equity stake in the lebreton flats project <laughs> because otherwise i don't see like i mean he's you know he's coming in at like 11 or 12 million dollars a year in 2018 2019 for sure for sure. They might, have to, they might have to name the arena after him, to be honest. <laughs> the Carlson.com arena. Yeah, exactly. The thing I like watching play, when players get traded from Toronto, and uh, you can see this with Dion Phaneuf as well, as soon as they have their first non-Toronto press conference, their eyes like light up. 
<laughs> it's like they found life again. It's like one of, it's like that video where the cows that have been contained in the slaughterhouse for their whole life suddenly experience grass. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Dion Phaneuf kind of lightens up a little bit. Uh, you know, once he's uh, in Ottawa and the pressure's off and he doesn't have a letter and he gets to play on the second pairing. And I think uh, Dion Phaneuf is gonna actually. I, he strikes me as the sort of person who media would want to like. All I think he has to do is go out for a couple beers with. Don Brennan and Bruce Garriock, and he will never have to buy another meal in Ottawa again, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's I think he's going to end up settling in a role sort of similar to what Bobby Ryan has now, right? Which is, mm-hmm. he's going to be expected to be a leader on the team, whether he's got a letter or not, and he's going to, you know, expected to be good with the media and all of that, and people are going to complain that he's, you know, makes too much money, but he, you know, will still perform, so it'll be difficult to criticize him too harshly, and that's, you know, basically how I expect to grow old with those guys over the next couple of years. I think that a lot of Suns fans have kind of had this nice transition to Dion Phaneuf always thought he was Deese <laughs> sure I've been making fun of this guy for the past you know seven years but in my heart I thought he was okay but the the Dion Phaneuf thing to me is just you know how how quickly you can kind of wrap your head around the captain of the Leafs now being your second pairing defenseman tells you how much you're really just you know as I say rooting for laundry right like I mean mm. to, to me it's always been more about the jersey than the the people that are in them um, <laughs> which also helps when when NHL players or players on my team say or do stupid things i tend not to worry about it too much because i'm not cheering for them so much as i'm cheering for the uniform uh Mm -hmm. so if they happen to have horrible political views or (laughs) say things that are obviously sexist or you know in any other way embarrass themselves i can get past it more quickly just because i'm i to me it's all about the team and not the players so dion phaneuf i can i can totally slot into that matrix fairly easily and, and cheer for him as the new number two this kind of depends on like why you didn't like Dion Phaneuf to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So if you didn't like Dion Phaneuf because you didn't like Dion Phaneuf as like a person, this has been a bad week for you. If you didn't like Dion Phaneuf because he plays for the Leafs and you don't like the Leafs, you're like, ah, oh, sweet, that guy's off the Leafs now. I can change gears pretty quickly. For the TSN 1200 caller, he's going to be an ex-Leaf for a long time. I think what he's going to need to do, he's going to need to do something in Ottawa that that kind of wins everybody over the way that, well, Bobby Ryan never had this problem, but like Bobby Ryan has his like box for Chio kids and mm-hmm. he's going to have to do something like that or he's going to have to basically appear at an event with Jim Watson and basically talk about congestion on the 417 is 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 not nearly as bad as congestion on the 401 or 404 he'll be an Ottawa citizen for life he's got to kind of pull a Chris Phillips and open up his own shawarma place in the Glebe <laughs> and then everyone will accept him as one of our own he the first time he basically says you know what I never liked is shopping on Bloor Street I'm really more of an outlet mall kind of guy yeah. That's when that's when Ottawa is going to adopt him for life. Dion Phaneuf, a simple man of simple pleasures. Yeah. Now yeah, that yeah he's yeah. in the simple city of Ottawa. I like living in a city where there's a lot fewer sushi places, actually. Yeah. And the, <laughs> Ottawa will rally behind him in a second. We got to get that guy to a Red Blacks game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's that's another uh, that's another very, um, I don't want to say calculated move that Bobby Ryan's done, but he was an early adopter on the Red Blacks, uh, which probably helped him out a lot, too. I always kind of wonder how much Bobby Ryan knew what he was doing when he sent out his famous I'm coming in hot tweet? Like, was he aware that like, we just had our hearts ripped out and eaten Temple of Doom style <laughs> by Daniel Alfredson at that I, point? I, I think so. I think he absolutely realized he could seize an opportunity there. And boy, did he. 
Or maybe he was like, yo, these people need a win and I'm going to give it. Yeah, exactly. And like, even if you do believe that, you know, Bobby Ryan is is not the kind of guy that you want to build your team around because he costs too much to retain and his skills are the kind that are going to decline as he gets into his 30s and all the stuff they're saying about Dion Phaneuf right now. And all of it may be true. Uh, even if you believe all that, when he is 34 and making $7 million a year and might be playing on the third line based on his performance, you know, he'll never have to buy a drink in Ottawa again, right? Because he's the guy that got the kids their puppy. He's the guy with the Red Blacks jersey. He's the guy that basically reminded us when we were at our darkest hour that he was coming in hot. Like, he'll be he'll be beloved forever. He's tweeting about how he loves the Italian restaurants on Preston Street. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> the guy is pure PR. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, could not agree more. I always, Just I think, don't look at his favorites. <laughs> yeah. I think it's okay to like kind of have these two opposing ideals, like they have this cognitive dissonance about Bobby Ryan, where you're like, Bobby Ryan does good things for the community. Might not want to talk about politics with him. Look, if I, uh, but again, to me, I, I cheer for the team. If Bobby Ryan scores an overtime goal to put the Senators in the playoffs, and then after the game sort of holds court about how he thinks the moon landing was faked, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I care about results. Yeah. I'm not right. about process. I'm about results. Neither. Am I, yeah. Process. Who has the time? Get me my dubs. <laughs> If Bobby Ryan uh, wins the Conn Smythe Trophy as the Senators win the Stanley Cup, and then after he talks about how important it is to impose a flat tax. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me see a birth certificate, yeah. <laughs> Barack Hussein. Yeah, if he demands, if he, while he's holding up the Stanley Cup, demands to see Obama's birth certificate again, <laughs> that's fine. I'll take that cup. Thank you very much. Yeah. You do you, Bobby Ryan. That's what, That's all I'm saying. Just be yourself and play your game. Colin Greening was traded with Jared Cowan. I still can't get over it. <laughs> it is. No, no one respects this enough. Like, why aren't we just we should be having a parade for Brian Murray right now. That is a miracle. Yeah. But what if Dion Phaneuf's not that good in three years? We got we traded Jared Cowan for him. But I guess Jared I guess Cowan. the argument is that both of those guys, the senators would have been, you know, still paying them next year, but then they would have come off the books. And then we would have had a bunch of money left over to sign a free agent like Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> I think I think that's fair. Or I extend think... Mike Hoffman, who we already have, and yeah. now have the money to extend. Yeah, don't think of it as gaining a Phaneuf so much as not losing a Hoffman. Like, you can argue that you don't want Dion Phaneuf's contract in four years, and that's fine. But I don't see how not doing this deal makes the Senators a better team even two years from now. Because you can't, even if you've got more money to play with once you get rid of Cowan and Greening, you've still got to put it somewhere. And yeah, so you can certainly draft you, guys. But who do you want to overpay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can draft guys, and but they're not going to be ready in two years. So, you know, you've got to find some way to kind of keep the team clinging onto that eighth spot in the East every year. So if Dion Phaneuf gets you there, let's go for it. So, I don't know, is it is it too soon to start talking about next year? Like I didn't, The whole reason why the uh, Hamburglar run was fun last year is because we know it will never happen again. So I can I sleep easy at night knowing that this is a team that's not going to make the playoffs. I don't even my, worry anymore. My advice to you is to enjoy the games for what they are and not do the math on what they're going to need to make the playoffs. That is my, that is my advice. Just uh, wow. just enjoy the ride from here on out. I want like Eric Carlson to have like 95 points, win a Norris, and then I don't care. Yeah, exactly. And I want the Habs to miss the playoffs. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there and try to enjoy the ride and try to work out our new Dion feelings. 
Yep. I just like to see him smile, that's all. It is nice watching anyone leave Toronto and discover a new lease on life. Like, can you imagine if he loosens up and no longer has, like, an expression that looks like a clenched fist all the time? He's gonna go down to, like, Costco and people are just gonna be, like, friendly or they'll ignore him. Yep. I, I want Toronto to feel like Dion Phaneuf was a dog they had to get rid of because he was cooped up in a condo in Yorkville, mm-hmm. and now he's really happy running around in the country, and I want them to feel a pang of guilt about that. The Ottawa Senators, that nice farm upstate your parents always told you about. <laughs> um, no horses, though. <laughs> Anymore. All right, have a good week, and we will catch you later. Catch you later. For a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on No other podcast was finer Or was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Paris are alive Whoa, whoa, whoa I, I like imagining a world in which Eugene Melnick has been playing the long con. And when he's saying that, like, I will spend when the time is right, he means it. And so I like imagining a world in which the Ottawa Senators come from out of nowhere, trade for, and then sign Steven Stamkos. <laughs> Eugene Melnick himself is a Toronto guy, right? And he, I could totally see him going to Stamkos and saying, hey, from one ex-Toronto guy to another, you know what the new Toronto is? Ottawa. Yeah, <laughs> screw these clowns, man. You still get to play in Ontario, but you don't get any of the BS that comes with playing in Toronto. That would shut up a lot of people uh, this, every, this is every why, time this Melnick is why, says, I'll spend when the time is right. This is why Melnick sold the horses. That is Stamkos <laughs> money right there. That is That is a long game, if that is true.